gonna get in the car with a smile and the burn that I put on my arm the day you went away, girl, and I probably won't come back around again. Did somebody say the Fighting Irish Podcast, podcast, podcast. Fighting Irish Faithful Podcast. All right, everybody. Considering that we basically had snow and sleet and rain and stupid wet cold at the spring game, I figured uh, this song was slightly appropriate to lead in the uh, post-spring game show. I'm welcomed by my co-host at RedSnapper1998. I am faithful underscore irish on the twitter which i don't think i actually said in the last show this is season four episode two of the fighting irish faithful show brought to you by dos leprechauns media um i don't know if that's our official title over at uh, dos leprechauns but uh thank you for joining us uh tonight we're gonna wrap up the spring game uh and talk about all the turmoil and drama uh surrounding the uh tyler buckner transfer news but with a uh clause slash option that he stays so you know we'll we'll throw that around to to everyone who joins us uh and uh we'll go go around from there but uh red snapper hello what's up what's up sitting in 74 degree weather today so that that means you're you're very suited to give us the surf report uh in southern california right now you know what are the waves looking like is there riptide current from uh, Huntington Beach, which is Surf City, USA? Yes, it is. You have three to four foot swells sitting at sixty degree water. So stupid cold as always. Yeah, uh, a north by north <laughs> direction. So good, uh, good surf <laughs> weather by the pier there. As it always is. Uh, that that's what Red Snapper's second uh, uh, best con- contribution will be is is the surf report from from California. So thank you. <laughs> All right, so uh, spring game, um, it was clearly a practice, but uh, yeah, 24 to 0, gold team wins. Uh, yours truly was present, uh, co host was not, but that's okay. You probably were significantly warmer than we were. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> I, uh, beauty of working a full day, and then come, I came back and had the whole thing recorded and watched it and definitely had a nice ray of sunshine watching Hartman just do his thing. I mean, he just looked, uh, let's talk about this for a second, just specifically with the game. So he ended up with, with really good statistics, you know, like it just looked like he was under no duress, no panic. And, and maybe it's the function of him wearing the red Jersey. I don't know. But at the same time, he just looked very calm, collect, and um, just a man in the zone. And ex- he just looked like an experienced quarterback out there, quite frankly. Bingo. Exactly. His his experience, his last two seasons at West Virginia, definitely showed pretty strongly that yeah. he handed the, the huddle, you know, and, and that's going to be one of my bigger things I can't wait to see is how there's actually going to be a huddle. There's actually not going to be 11 people staring at the sideline going, what the fuck? No, you know? What do we do? Oh. Waiting for the red army to give him the, the, you know, the sign language there on the side. Um, but yeah, 13 of 16 uh, with an 81% completion percentage, two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown for him for 189 yards. Now, to me, the one thing that jumped out 
was his attempts per touchdown. He His attempts per touchdown ratio was eight. So after every eight passes was a touchdown. Um, that's significantly better than what Natty averages is. That the, the Natty averages, that said quarterback averages 12 every attempts per touchdown. Again, it's practice. We don't want to get too crazy here. Um, but very, very, very good to be under 10. And I see during the regular season that definitely being a little bit closer to that average oh, just sure. because we're going to stay run heavy, you know? Like, well, like, one would hope. We're not going to lose our identity running the ball. So. Well, and that's what's interesting. It, it's, and, and you know, if, if Buckner was still, you know, not in this transfer port, portal, right? Like say say that that news never broke, which I'm sure we'll talk about a lot tonight. Um, I was going to break down, you know, the players and skill positions because I kind of felt like the blue team that Buckner was on with Estime, they just kind of had more of this running vibe, whereas the gold team with Hartman uh, was more of a finesse style team. Um, and we'd even get crazy with looking at who was on defense and who was pressuring him and how many starts and tackles and, you know, da 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 da. Like, I decided not to do that, A, because I was doing other stats, but B, it's like, look, if Buckner's not there, then it doesn't really matter if we want to normalize everything by, you know, the number of starts, you know, facing them. So we, we decided not to do that statistical piece and instead just get everyone's opinion about uh, the current events because we are a show of the fan. We want to take the pulse of the fan base. Well, let's definitely get uh, five foot nothing, and I see Mr. Adam Dowling. Yeah. Maybe phone. it's maybe yeah. it's it's Mrs. Dowling who stole his phone, but yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm still waiting for her to jump on. She'll, so. She will. It it will happen. You know, asking you shall receive. Five foot nothing pod. You there? Yes, sir. Live from Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, sir. Yes, it's uh, currently 77 degrees here, and it's. 8.52 at night, so we're doing okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the Almanac a, says tomorrow is the time I can start planting. So There you go. And the Almanac is always is right. the Almanac so. always right? The Almanac is always right. Yeah, it's never let me down. <laughs> when everyone um, was freaking out during COVID and buying toilet paper, we started a garden. So that's when you started paying attention to this shit. Okay, five foot nothing. Spring game, go. Yeah, uh, we just uh, kind of respond to what you guys were talking about you know it was pretty obvious that hartman is the quarterback for our team Uh, he's the answer right as it appears right but something that i noticed the one touchdown pass he threw to salerno i don't know if you guys saw but he couldn't even follow through on the throw not that there was a ton of pressure but someone was coming at him he couldn't follow through and he still put on the money Buckner got pressured on that fourth and nine and skipped the ball to Tyree's feet. And I heard, well, Buckner had the worst offensive line and it was mixed match and it's not the same offensive line. And that's fine. That's a fair assessment. You are correct. However, my eyeballs tell me that one guy seemed to do just fine and seemed to understand the situation and the other did not. I agree with you there. Like, like we, we had, these are probably one of the best seats. Let me rephrase that. We got the best seats I've ever had in Notre Dame stadium. We, we were on like the 40 yard line 
uh, student section side-ish and um, looking down. And I got many clear views and some with almost within the line of sight of what Hartman was doing and his ball placement was fantastic and even and and he was under duress a a couple of times he was being pressured kind of on the move right but he knew exactly where his receivers were supposed to go and on a number of occasions his receivers hadn't even turned their head or, or, or shifted their hips what have you for that that final you know key point of their route and the ball was already in the air exactly where it was supposed to be this is a guy who understood the timing of the route and he's like look i don't really give a shit if my receiver is not we haven't made eye contact and he doesn't have his hands open i'm gonna put the ball where it's supposed to be and it's their job to go get get it and it was in a spot where only his receiver could go get it exactly um that's i noticed that as well just he seems so comfortable with the anticipatory throws and he just committed to it. There was no hesitation. There was zero, uh, you know, in, in, in sports. It doesn't matter what sport it is, but football for sure. He who hesitates loses. If you hesitate, oh, yeah. you're done. Well, that's how you get hurt, and, too. True. Uh, but Hartman, there was zero hesitation. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, where he was going to go, and it was exciting to see. And, yeah, we'll, we'll get to uh, Buckner's newest endeavor but the spring game uh, it was very evident to me my takeaway on the buckner side assuming he was going to still be here was without his leg he's just an average quarterback yeah uh, unfortunately he just is and i i did think the funniest play of the whole spring game was a quarterback draw with buckner wearing a red jersey i don't know what the sense in that was but they called it and it lost two yards so that was different right 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 <laughs> it made no sense like he, as soon as he gets touched the play is over so why <laughs> now you could you could argue well hartman scored on it but on a running play yes but it wasn't a quarterback draw where the idea is to go at that line it was yeah he was rolling read, out right the read option where if hartman keeps it he's roll he's rolling out like you said away from the the uh what's the word the scrum the hogs in the middle exactly exactly when i think but, that when he yeah. scored his rushing touchdown it might have been leah foul i don't even know whoever the outside linebacker was they were they weren't even like within six yards of him and then like they were kind was, of on top of him as soon, but he had already cl- crossed the goal line so yeah, it was, it was, yeah yeah but you it, know what? it was a live play it was definitely a live play and whether it was a defensive breakdown because he was out of position or he didn't hold his edge or whatever you want to you know give the excuse for what it really came down was it was a read option he read the right you know play based on what the defense gave him and that he literally had an alley all the way to the end zone so even if they had played it square he read the the his read was right on. It's exactly what he would have done live action, and that's what we saw. Yeah, no, yeah. It, was, it was a good play. I got new discussion because I, much like you tweeted, Hartman's QB one, and you know, uh, even our boy Jimmy said, uh, "Is it Jelly QB 2 And that that led into you know uh, people trying to talk up Buckner and say one spring game doesn't define this and that, and I said. And I want, I'm curious to know what you guys think. Cause my thought process was 
uh, for looking at the quarterbacks, or excluding the quarterbacks in a sense, if you said, hey, you can pick of these three receivers, you can have Jaden Thomas, Jaden Greathouse, and uh, who is the third on the uh, Salerno, or you can have Merriweather, Tyree, and Colsey. Which three would you want? I would pick Merriweather, Colsey, and Tyree because they – you got a junior and two sophomores, or no, two two juniors and a sophomore, versus a true freshman, Salerno, who I hate to say this, but the walk on, like, should he be on the field? And and Thomas. Yet the three that I had questions about look like what Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I'm not trying to say Hartman is either of those people, but that's what Manning and Brady did for their entire NFL careers. They made careers for receivers that probably shouldn't have had careers. And then Buckner gets, in my opinion, the better group, and they do absolutely nothing. And that, to me, highlights all this shit-talking that people were doing about our receivers. No, it was not a receiver problem. It was a quarterback problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The biggest takeaway I had from the spring game was the posture of both of Buckner versus Hartman. The posture between the two, forget the size difference, the posture, the confidence, the shoulders back, square to the line, you know, everything that his follow through, whether he could or he couldn't, Hartman, and this speaks to his experience, every quarterback, and I love that, you know, tomorrow is the NFL draft, and of course they're talking about all the quarterbacks. And so they're, they're comparing, you know, can the quarterbacks throw people open? That is the next level is before the break happens, before they finish off their route and snap it off. That ball is already in the air. Why? Because the timing is there. That comes with experience. If he's only had the 14 spring practices going into the spring game, which is the glorified 15th spring game with this new group of receivers, right? If that's what it is, what's absolutely jumped off the TV to me was the evolution of the chemistry he was building with Thomas and Great House in those three or four series that they actually marched down the field. Well, and maybe that's Give a good them, thing because Great House, Great House is new to the team too, right? Yeah. Like there's no filter. Like, you don't have to unlearn everything. It's like everyone's fresh in the new system, new QB coach, new offensive coordinator. Great. Go do it. Listen to coach. Go, part, go do what you're being told to do. But part of all of that is you saw the on-the-field chemistry between them. Uh, the biggest thing any receiver wants from their quarterback is put the ball where I can catch it. You yep. do that two or three times, yep. guess what? Now all of a sudden I'm uncorking my speed and I'm going to really push your arm because you know I'm going to go get it. Like That is 100%. I can't wait to see, and I think um, Five Foot Nothing nailed it. It wasn't a receiver problem. It was a quarterback problem. We did not have the same posture, the same pine didn't have it. Buckner, I didn't see it, you know, on Saturday. Their their shoulders are hunched over because they're whether it's happy feet, they're nervous, they're they don't have the confidence in themselves, much less in their receivers. And you need to be able to throw your receivers open, period. There's there's a, two real quick things here I want and then I want to get Adam's opinion because he was at the spring game. Two things I wanted to say. First is uh, Notre Dame's uh, best cornerback, or, or at least most electric, I should say, Benjamin Morrison. What team did he play for? 
Blue. Blue against gold. So let that say something. And two, with regards to Buckner versus Angeli, Buckner was 8 of 18 for 44 yards. Angeli was 8 of 12 for 79 yards. Now, neither of those yard points are, are very impressive. Um, but if I just went the on numbers, the completion percentage and even total yards, it's still better. So. And here's here's something, uh, and we can get to Adam, uh, two things. One, talking about Angeli and Buckner, um, they look like the same quarterback in the sense of kind of trying to use their legs first and kind of somewhat hesitant and all that. And here's the problem with that. I expect that from Angeli. That's expected. But why Why is Buckner looking like that too? You know? Um, but the last thing I wanted to say was, I'm curious, again, I want your guys' thoughts on this. Did you notice there was a little bit of a slow mesh thing happening with Hartman on some run plays? Yeah, I saw a little bit of that. What did you make of that? I don't like it. I mean, you know that. Right? <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering if, like... I, I don't mind it as a package. I will say that. Like, I think, I think, like, sometimes with a goal line situation, you know, or RPO, like, or even if it's like a, like a second and short kind of situation, I actually think it, it can be very effective. Um, some of the time, though, like, like in general, that is not my preference and style. Um, but I do like it in the sense of maybe trying to keep, you know, the, the linebackers, you know, on their heels and, um, you know, then you can slip something behind them or to the side of them if you got speed, which we have. Um, in general, it's, I'm not a fan of it. You know, it's like, look, just protect your quarterback, hand it off to, you know, estimate or whoever your running back is, or just throw it to your receiver, you know, because I guess, I guess one of the other questions, unless you're, you know, <laughs> unless you're, you're, you know, very athletic, Michael Vick-ish, you know, NFL quarterback or Pat Mahomes or something, I highly doubt that a mesh is going to be more effective. And Hartman doesn't jump on the off the page as being that kind of guy. I know that's what they did at Wake Forest. Again. So that's, hey, I, he doesn't have, if you get too deep, he doesn't have the athleticism, the athletic to get out of it, like you were just saying. And me, to your point, the slow mesh to me is a, type of offense that is a much like the triple option in a sense hey we can't beat you straight up we got to be a little creative here um but what i'm thinking my thought process when i saw that happen was all right you got a new oc it's not reese parker's probably open to ideas suggestions hartman's not a dumb guy clearly and he probably said hey i think there's some opportunities or what I used to run kind of wrinkled into this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's expected. And I think there's a comfort level there. So they, they're sprinkling it in there, like you said, hopefully in some sort of package situationally. I don't think it, it better not be a, a it better. What we saw better be the, the, the end all be all. Like, I don't need an expansion on that. I mean, I, I want- I'd rather you just be under center with the option to just hand it off to a fullback or someone in an eye formation. And then, you know, Tony Rice style, just say, Oh, we're going to play action, you know, the dive. And then we're just going to throw it downfield instead. To me, that's more effective because then it pauses your linebackers because they see the fullback or the running back, you know, 
you know, and that they have to per discipline and per how they've been coached since day one in defense to to always read run first and then oh shit there's there's someone on a crossing route or a dig route behind me you know we better go get a better backpedal and it's too late and i think we're gonna see multiple sets with multiple running backs you've got estimate you've got digs you're gonna have hopefully price back healthy and the way pain looked pain looked awesome Mm, yes he did yeah, I, even I, even I was like, "Who the hell is this?" And I'm like scrolling through my phone when I'm not holding Baby Irish Faithful, you know, who wanted to just, you know, jump off this grandstands basically. Um, yes. Sidebar. Yes, I brought the doc and Baby Irish Faithful with me to the game. Um, he actually was loving the rain and he thought it was kind of fun. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he wanted to stand up on the chairs, which is fine, and then and just like like you know we call it trust falling where he just kind of like the center of gravity goes sideways and you have to catch the toddler. Yeah. So lots of trust falls were, were being, uh, evoked. <laughs> Dad, you still there? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, uh, but, uh, you, Oh man, I just space. You guys just said something that made me, uh, Think. Oh, the the different running backs, and oh, honestly, yeah. so, I can't wait to see Tyree in a slot yeah. wide receiver screen. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. gonna be amazing. So here's here's the thing. Um, well, re- go, just to finish the thought on the the slow mesh little wrinkle we saw with Hartman, what that tells me is Parker is open to it, where I felt like Reese was like, here's my offense, learn how to run it, or like. You you can't you have to realize what the personnel can and can't do, and I feel like Parker's working with that. But your running back comment, Mike, I I like where your head's at, except for the fact that we finally have receivers where we can go legitimately four wide, if not five, and be successful. So I played receiver. Maybe I'm a little biased in that direction. Oh, as am I. Trust me. But I'm a I, receiver. I want the ball because I'm always open. Yeah. Quote, but, you know, Michael Irvin, but. But I don't know that we can. We're gonna have. Last year we needed three. We needed Diggs and Tyree and uh, Estimate to be on the field. I don't know that we need that this year. I think we've got the the receivers to actually play this high level of football that we haven't seen on offense in quite some time. Well, and and especially with with Hartman being QB one now, where he he is. A, more of a pro style quarterback, you know, pocket passer kind of guy, you know, it's either it's, it's kind of be option a is run the ball. Option B is pass the ball. Um, you know, RPO, you know, I, I guess we'll see what, what, what Parker rolls out, you know, versus Navy. And then in the subsequent games that follow, um, but j- based off of skill sets and experience and just, you know, what we saw, you know, on Saturday, um, I think Hartman's, uh, you know, abilities, you know, to, I mean, he put up 189 yards in this practice, right? Passing. Um, it's very, very, very encouraging to hear or, or to see, excuse me. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very impressed with what I saw. You know, I, I didn't know what to expect. And, and honestly, it was everything I had hoped it would be. I was, I was hoping that there would be some sort of separation between the two. And I was leaning Hartman only because of his experience and that he's entering uh, year six, if we look at a calendar. 
um, with him playing, you know, football in college. Um, but at the same time, it's like, like, I, I, I'm not happy that, that Buckner is, is exploring the transfer portable portal. Um, I think he has an option where he can stay, um, which I think is good for him. And, and, you know, me being an alum of Notre Dame, I want everyone to stay and get their degree and, and be part of this university. And, and we love Tyler Buckner. Uh, we were basically fanning him with palm leaves at the beginning of last season um, with epic killer music. Uh, that didn't happen uh, right now. Um, but at the same time, I can be respectful and agree with Buckner's decision to potentially transfer because he just wants to play football. He wants to, you know, just continue to play this game. And he has a talent and, you know, he could be very successful somewhere else, too. Um, that doesn't mean we don't like him or we want to throw him to the curb. None of that. But for Notre Dame to be successful, we cannot have a quarterback controversy in the summer going into fall camp. You know, just look, pick a guy, circle the wagons around QB1, and then there's QB2 with the backup reps and whatnot, and you just go forward from there. Uh, Life is not fair, and sometimes you don't get what what you want, um, but at the same time, you know, the results are what matters, and I, I'm really happy that the spring game was designed in a way that it wasn't offense versus defense, that it was this half the squad over here, half the squad over there. We could argue about whether the, you know, rosters per said, you know, teams were, were even or whatever. I think that's irrelevant, um, you know. Um, the, the team decided that at the end of the day, you got to step up to the plate with what you're given and execute. And one quarterback did that and the other one did not. I definitely think, and if you watch the actual draft of the two teams, you saw two conglomerates putting their heads together on their picks. So they had already separated key individuals into the two teams. And I, I would imagine to make them as even as possible. So that's why, you know, you had our DBs on separate teams. You had receivers, you know, split like five foot, nothing had just said. So there were already pre-selected players per team. And I think everything else was just kind of the question mark, but I guarantee that they tried to level the playing field as much as possible because they wanted to see a competition. They wanted it to be, you know, as even a game as possible. And to me, the experience and the knowledge and the confidence with which Hartman ran his offense is the absolute neon sign factor difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, Adam sent a message here in the chat that the blue team had uh, Rico as well as a receiver. So there you go. Another talent um, for the blue team. Um, available to Buckner and, you know, unfortunately it just didn't, didn't pan out or, or it didn't appear to be that way. So, well, I see Adam Dowling um, at Adam Dowling one, Adam underscore Dowling one on the Twitter. You've been invited to speak. I see you there. You got to unmute yourself, buddy. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Adam, doing welcome great. back to season four of the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. There you go. How's your How's your winter been? <laughs> I know it. I know it doesn't affect you other two, but yeah, that's right. Hey, hey, hey! We here in Southern California, 
that there was a two-week span where we had more rain, rain. and more snow Everyone than Seattle, out. Washington. Than Seattle, Washington. So <laughs> too bad you're not a rainforest. A nice, we we actually had a winter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we you what, you're, what you're saying then, is we should have had a ski ski report from you. Absolutely. What's going on at Mammoth and Big Bear? Right, exactly. They're trying to... There's enough snowfall in Mammoth right now that they're trying to keep it open to June. That's that's crazy. Yeah. I think people down there forget that, yes, there's mountains, and the highest peak in the lower 48 is in California. Yeah, we can get snow, but unfortunately, it's basically a desert, and that's why it's sunny and beautiful all the time. Okay, uh, Adam Dowling... Thank you for joining us. Uh, overall, what's your, what's your impression of the spring game? You can talk about the tailgate. You can talk about your tailgate because you didn't come to mine, but I didn't come to yours either, so I guess it's mutual. So. I <laughs> know. Uh, I guess you're you're. <laughs> well, first of all, I was stuck. I was stuck cooking everything the whole time in my tailgate, so I didn't uh, expect that. But that's what I was doing. <laughs> you you got you you took the the short straw there, or, or was this? <laughs> I guess you call you pitmaster. Yeah, I got asked to bring the grill, and then I got stuck on it the whole time. Well, see, see, you're a team player like that, Adam. <laughs> so, so maybe at the next podcast in in uh, in uh, August, as we get ready for Ireland, you know, you can you can grill for for that podcast. There you go. Don't there don't go. let him fool you. The man manned the grill because it was freaking freezing outside, so he was the warmest <laughs> one of the story, No, 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 actually. Everyone loved me because I brought my heater. I got like a propane heater for nice, tailgating. Nice. And everyone was hugging that thing. They're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> this is the life. But the sad thing, it was 80 degrees the Saturday before. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Like like for people who follow me on, on Twitter at faithful underscore Irish, you know, I take pictures or give updates of my garden right because it's just that's my other hobby went in in the summer when there's no notre dame football going on and uh yeah the plants were the seedlings were literally outside getting some fresh sun and and warm air and then i'm like paying attention to the weather and i'm like nope these suckers got to go back down the basement under the grow lights where it's a uh even up here it was on Friday, it was 65 and sunny. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> so and then it just changed in a heartbeat. It, so. was, it was, I mean, it was, there was rain and sleet during during the, the spring game. So, Adam, Adam, where did you sit slash stand well, uh, during I the game? I was actually on the, uh, the east side of the same. So, the visitor okay. side. Okay. So, the, so the white side. Yeah. And then we went up, like, you know, like 40 rows up up high so you could you could see yeah everything real well good what yard line and, were you uh, we we're in like 50 40 yard line so we we're on top of like the yeah. lower level right on right on that's and, awesome uh, and i guess my first uh just everything i saw was it just looked like sam hartman was like it's just so crazy because we haven't seen this from a Notre Dame quarterback not even ian book like the mm-hmm. back foot hit the back foot hit. He was in rhythm. He just put the ball on the receivers like right now so they could turn and run. Just everything about what he did was like, oh, my God, this guy knows how to play the position. Yeah. And 
the whole time I was thinking, even going in, because I seen the teams, I'm like, oh my, you know, I didn't really pay attention on what lines, who was on what lines, but just the skill players. Sam only had Great House and Thomas. And Thomas. And, and everybody else was on the blue team. So I was Tyree, not expecting Flores. Yeah. yeah. And for the record, they actually did move offensive linemen to both sides in the second quarter. Well, and they had the, the tight ends with the green jerseys. They were flip-flopping, yeah. right? Yeah, they were well, playing they, both. They also too. had a bunch of other people moving and changing jerseys. So so, so Buckner had Colsey, Merriweather, Tyree, um, Braylon James, Enrico Flores on his team. Why Hartman had um, Great House and Thomas. That's it. Yeah. And so, uh, well, and Salerno. And Salerno. Yeah. But the other, <laughs> Buckner also had, had Estime, which should be a running threat, which should make it like it's just. I felt like the skill position players all played in Buckner's favor, and we got nothing. Are you guys but saying then, that? Are you guys saying that Hartman did more with less? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Wow. Nice. Is anyone else getting excited for 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 next season? Like me? Like I'm. Uh, l- let me put it another way. Let me put it another way. So so I was a big fan of Sean Kaiser. Right. Unfortunately, 2016 was terrible, but we won't talk about that. Just the man. If we compare the man, if we right now, like, don't think about it. I want to start with Adam, and then we'll, I want I want to hear everyone's opinion on this. Between Hartman, Kaiser, and Clausen, who's the best quarterback? Go, Adam. Clausen. Clausen. Okay. Yeah. Five foot nothing. Oh. Need your. I, I, go. Yeah, I I say Kaiser. Kaiser? Yeah, Kaiser. Yeah. Okay. Red Snapper? I'm going to say Hartman. Hartman? Oh my gosh, a three-way tie. That means I have to break it. Uh, I, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm, I I really haven't thought about this. Um, I might lean more like with Red Snapper with the Hartman. I'm, I might go just Jimmy just because like I have yeah. a soft spot in him with him because I was a student when he was there and I just saw Jimmy do amazing things even with Turf Toe. So... And he had a garbage offensive line, and you know, just bad. But situation. he had amazing receivers. What well, he did, but but that that's not yeah. the point. Like like the what I think Jimmy had to do. You know, it was basically he was the quarterback of a seven on seven team, right? But I, I don't know. Just time will tell. You know, and and you know, I should you know, we should make note of that. You know, we should do the stat piece here of Clawson. You know, in oh eight oh nine. Like, imagine if Clawson had stayed one more year with uh, Michael Floyd in 2010 in Kelly's first year. Just food for thought, you know. Yeah, it could have happened. It could have happened. Was, was Rudolph well, it, still there? Or did he and leave? also, also uh, he, I, he was there still. That yeah. Hartman came to Notre Dame because it's going to advance his game. Mm-hmm. What he can do. And knowing that he's got a bunch of freshman receivers coming in. Like, think about what actually motivated him. And when you look at it, it was 
the offensive line that he constantly had to run around from it, you know, cause he was getting pressure at West Virginia and for him to say basically, well, it's, it's, I'm going to have a better offensive line and I'm going to have, even if these freshmen are the same level as my wide receivers at West Virginia, he still made that decision to come to Notre Dame. So to me, that screams that he's going to have the ability to push this team to the next level. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and part of me, you know, with the news coming out yesterday with Buckner, part of me thinks maybe he already had been talking to whoever and his head was just kind of out of it Saturday. Well, it like go back to to beginning of before uh before uh 2015 even started, right? You know, 2014 we welcome you know, Golson back, right? And, you know, it's like prodigal son returns kind of situation. And then he just completely becomes a head case. And, you know, Zaire comes in and, you know, we're all feeling very happy about that. And then come around, you know, they both look kind of even in the spring game, right? And then right after the spring game, what happens? Golson transfers, right? And answer, and, and he, he becomes a grad transfer, right? That was before this portal business even existed. Um, you know, and, and then it was more one of those situations where it's like, okay, good. Now we know to move forward with Zaire. Like, I feel that same way now where it's like, okay, good. Now we can move forward with Hartman, you know, like, and I was, I was just hoping he would stay just because just in case something happened to Sam. And then I felt like, I felt like if he could learn, you know, just learn a little bit more and maybe like 2024 could be his year. Let me ask this question. Who has more, uh, which which this isn't a statistical thing, which is kind of anti-everything on my podcast, but who has more moxie, Buckner or Angeli? Oh, Angeli. Yeah. And, and for exactly. me, I, I was going to say, I, I actually applaud Buckner because I don't see that much more upside for him staying as the number two where there's a much bigger upside for Angeli to learn from Hartman. And maybe that also fed into his decision because if Angeli, regardless of the statistics of this spring game, even last spring game, who was the quarterback that, you know, kind of jumped off? It was Angeli. <laughs> it was Angeli. <laughs> you know, so I think the ceiling for Angeli is higher than what Buckner's is. He's also taller. And, as much as I would love, you know, some some validation Sorry, for Buckner and you know <laughs> everything that we cheered and you know Buckwild package and everything, that was the hand we were dealt. We're dealt a much better hand, and and Jelly to me as a QB two has more upside, not just for this year. And you know, I'm not going to throw the energy out in the air about you know, anything happening to Hartman. No, but, at the same time, but it's, it's a reality we Angeli, need to live with. I think Angeli is going to be able to give us a better ceiling than Buckner would. Well, this what, year. one thing Angeli needs to do is, is feel like the quote unquote, feel the pressure. You know, he either needs to take a page out of the Hartman playbook, which is like, know where your receivers are supposed to be, commit to it and just throw it. Um, and, and that's also like Tommy Reese, you know, just fight another day. Don't take a sack. Whereas like, so, so like baby was a little fussy. So we went down and got him a pretzel or popcorn or whatever we did. And then we came back 
right? And it was right before the half, and Angeli was in, and um, we're kind of at the top of the tunnel there, and uh, you know, going up to to find a you know a seat again. And there was a there was a play action thing, and he's and Angeli is rolling out, and he's like right in front of us. So it was it was really you know impressive to and everyone looked so much bigger and faster right in front of you. I've never actually seen Notre Dame football that close. I'm always like in a corner or really high. So it makes me really rethink how much money I should spend on tickets. Maybe I'll sit next to Adam. Anyway. Come on. <laughs> and and Jelly, like he's just rolling out and he just got smoked. I don't even know who, who tackled him from behind, but he didn't have the red jersey on. He took a sack while he was rolling out and he just got pancaked. And I was just like, half of me was like, all right, great tackle defense. And it was like, yay, football. And of course, Baby Irish Faithful is yelling and, and really happy. Um, but I was just like, oh my gosh, dude, you got to feel that pressure. You got to get rid of it. And and that's the one thing that, and, and maybe that'll come with time with, with Angeli, you know, that he's kind of more of in a game format. I highly doubt in practice he's getting pancaked. But um, that particular uh, play, even the announcers on the television were saying, I think he forgot that he wasn't wearing a red jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Rudolph was on the Peacock doing the color commentary. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of fun to see. I, I think that was that the junior to Halamaka play or. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 44. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the, 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 the reality is, yes, if Hartman gets hurt, we are very likely, almost you can say this fact, probably in a worse quarterback position than we were last year when Pine had to step in for Buckner. However, I think Angeli and Minchie, not forgetting Minchie, yep. uh, going forward, we've just we've seen a lot of Buckner, and I, I'm just every time you watch him. If he doesn't have his legs, what is what is he really bringing to the table? And remember, going to next year, we got CJ Carr coming. In. I don't. Here's, here's a here's a gut question for each of you. Do you, when you need it, would Buck be able to throw the ball? Yes or no? We uh, don't know. We don't That's know. The problem. I don't I can't know. Comp- but every. Every yeah. recruiting service and people from these elite eleven camps will tell you he's great, but we've never seen it. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's where, one thing to do it in practice; it's one thing to do it in a game. And that's why I was kind of confused because the uh, the South Bend and Notre Dame beat writers were telling you all spring that Buckner was winning the competition. But Adam, Adam, how how do those dudes make a living? How do those dudes make their money? What's their job? Not podcasting with us, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, but we, we don't believe that. Nobody that really, really cares. What are you about talking about? People on Twitter are like creaming their shorts <laughs> when they hear that stuff. You know, they're like, oh, it's Hartman. eyes out that Buckner's in the portal. Yeah, and, but yeah. Sam Hartman was the all-time leading passer in ACC. And then people trashed the ACC. But you realize that half our schedule is the ACC? That's yeah. what we play. It's, a little, it's like a third, but yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong, Adam, when you say that. You know, he has put up great numbers in the ACC. Um, I, I did some some research on Hartman here. I wanted to, I want, I, so, so full disclosure, we'll get to it shortly. I, I did some extensive Hartman research this afternoon prior to the show um, to A, 
you know, highlight where he's doing well, but also kind of ground us in a little reality on just, you know, let the numbers and the statistics do some of the talking. So we'll, we'll, leave, I that, mean, we'll leave that carrot out there. I mean, I think we all kind of know, like, he's not. So people don't turn the podcast like off right like, We're not getting Drake May or Caleb Williams. We all know that. We're getting a, a very good college quarterback. He's very and good that, and proven, proven yeah. well. Yeah, proven. He's, he's a very good college quarterback. We're not getting somebody that's like elite. But you know something? The position has been so bad at, at Notre Dame and the receivers. Yeah, like, but I don't, don't I don't know. think we're like reheat. This is like reheating cold pizza or soup here. Like this 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 is like, you know, getting getting a good going out to a nice Italian meal here. Right. You know, not yeah, to he, not that he's Italian. A, but this is a homemade spaghetti. And you know, we're, we're not eating prime rib and caviar here. Right. You know, but this this is like like grandma's Italian cooking right here. This It's still delicious. It's wonderful. It's. It, it fills you up, you know, and, and you leave the table satisfied, right? At least what we're most, getting. Well, most people would say he was the number one guy in the transfer portal, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, so, I mean, it's definitely an improvement. It's just we really liked having that security of Buckner just in case something happened. It, it, well, the, sure, because he has game experience, right? And he, <laughs> he can run the ball yeah. well. but i think that the narrative that was being pushed that we all heard from the beat writers the narrative was buckner is looking really great he's finally healthy hartman's still kind of learning the offense and the worst thing that happened to that narrative was what we saw in the spring game because the reality is those beat writers have access and the only way they can getting their access to write their stories is to kind of fluff up some things right i should send an email we we should a hey, five foot nothing red snapper. We should send an email to Notre Dame and be like, "Hey, how do we get access, or how how do we get like on Zoom or whatever to ask questions in press conferences?" Could you imagine them taking a five a five five foot nothing pod question yeah. during a press conference? You guys, you guys got to get some media uh, credentials. That's what you yeah, got to do. I I do this for fun. You don't have to pay me. Like, like I'll pay you to ask you questions, right? Because they they they, re- they wanted us to believe that Buckner had come along, and we, they wanted us to that Hartman wasn't quite up to speed. And then you see what you saw in the spring game. I realize it's a glorified practice and whatever, but my eyeballs told me very clearly that Hartman's up to speed and. I don't know what you were seeing in practice with Buckner, but it, it, it's just not there. And you know, the fact that he's leaving, the biggest loss, is, like said, Adam, the biggest loss is that we needed to keep him for that security blanket, for that that next guy up if it happens to yeah, be. Yeah, the tornado that sirens would- have 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 gone off because you know someone got hurt, so we need to go to the bomb shelter, what have you, right? So put in Buckner. That, that's what you're talking about. And, yeah. and as far as I'm concerned, get rid of the security blanket. It's sink or swim time, and now all the youth needs to step up from the backup quarterbacks to the receivers to everybody. It's a new game. It's a new day. It's a new offensive coordinator. It's a new system. So freaking grow up. Yeah, and and I'll tell you guys, too, after being in that stadium for that, I mean, Joe, you were there, but – for being in that stadium, when you saw them play, I don't know if you noticed it on TV as much or on Peacock, 
But I'm telling you, we were there for 20 minutes, and I was almost, okay, I've seen enough. Let's go home. <laughs> it, the first quarter wasn't even over yet. No, it, because it, you could just see the way he plays the, the position. The way his back foot hits and the ball's out, yeah. and he's getting to the receivers for a chance to move and all that. I mean, it, it was seriously that fast. It wasn't even halftime yet, and it was like, I've seen enough. Yeah, we've seen everything yep. Everything that we would probably see, <laughs> anything that we would need to see, and after that, I mean, after that, it's just, you know, love watching. It, it's fun to see some of these younger guys get some playing time, right? But it's a lot of incomplete passes, and, you know... It, What's really nice is when the defense steps up and, and someone who really, I think, made a splash and who we will definitely see, at least on special teams this year, is someone we talked about last year in the, in the spring game podcast was Marty Hour. And he's actually the only football player I've actually met, shook his hand face to face. He had had some significant uh, playing time, you know, when the ones were going um, on defense. So so respect and tip of the cap to uh, Marty Hour there. Um, now the next day we were at O'Rourke's and I did see Maris Leofow and a few other guys, you know, they're, you know, getting a meal. So, so that was kind of cool too, but, uh, yeah, um, look, look for Marty hour, um, who ha- we've given a shout out before and we'll do it again tonight, uh, regarding, uh, seeing him this year, you know, that that's kind of nice about the spring game, getting, giving you a preview of, of who's stepping up and who's, who's worked worked hard in the weight room, worked hard in the, the off season to kind of, you know, you know, j- playing j- time. yeah, exactly. And just develop themselves as a, as a, as a, as an athlete for this Notre Dame football team, you know, they're, they're not going to be, you know, Harrison Smith or Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo or whatever, you know, and maybe is that'd be, that'd be tight. But again, putting some reality to this, uh, you know, that is one thing that the spring game is good at doing. So though I agree with Adam Dowling with, you know, quote unquote, what we want to see and what is really going to be moving the needle for this program and this upcoming season, you know, we saw that within the first 15 minutes of clock time. And after that, it's, you know, it, it's for the rest of the fans. It's for the the younger players, the the new freshmen, right? And, and for their families who are there, um, or excuse me, family, Right. <laughs> you know what I thought looked really good though, and it's this is something I noticed, and I I feel like the talent level's changing, and I've always said like it doesn't look like we have like the speed of the, like the linebackers and stuff like that when we compare them to other teams. Our but our young guy. linebackers, our young linebackers, I'm telling you, there's some dudes there. There's some guys with. That Osbury, Drake Bowen, Drake. Ziegler, need like Drake Bowen looks huge. He should still be in high school. Yeah, yeah. He and, he finished with five tackles uh, for the day. And, and, and I'm excited my... that we're going to have another island on the other side of the field from Morrison. Yeah, Mickey looked good. And and, and, yeah. and he got yeah. he got the one interception, which was great. Yes, and that's yeah. why. And styles are transferring out. They're, they're like it's not people are throwing up in arms that that's a loss and Buckner's a loss and Freeman's not a player's coach. But everything you guys just said, this is why those guys are leaving because all those other guys are stepping up and showing their ability. Th- and this is good where Al Golden, good problem. This is where Al Golden is going to be vindicated 
after a whole year, and now his defense can really solidify itself. Now we're going to see the talent basically validate that defense. Well, and I was I was very realistic. I don't want to say hard and harsh, but because it was very realistic, and everything I said last week was fact. But everything we talked about Al Golden, you know, from the end of last season to last week was look we were not impressive on defense in in a, a number of categories specifically in the red zone okay go back listen to an older show if you want to get that information or just go look do the research yourself right you know ye humble listener on the youtube channel or spotify or wherever the hell you're getting this thank you by the way for listening to this the point is um it is Really nice to see the speed on the defense, the speed and the athleticism of the new guys. Well, we have a new person here. Well, maybe it's not new. At Mo underscore Irish 35 has been invited to speak. Uh, Mark, Mark H. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Spring game, uh, post game, well, debrief? The spring game debrief. What up, family? What up, family? <laughs> I changed my my. You did. This is Wholesome Thirty, formerly known as Wholesome Thirty Five. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck? All right. I was gonna say the the avatar looks. Exactly That's what I'm the saying. Way. The picture of the ND flag. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I know who this is. Wait, no, it's the not. It's a new same. person. <laughs> no, the picture is the same. All right, what's up, Mark? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Uh, the floor is yours. What do you whatever What do you want to say? Well, I remember um, back in December when you know it was there was you know whispers of Hartman being our next QB, and Wake Forest was playing Mizzou in that bowl game, and so being from Missouri, you know, I don't re- usually watch Mizzou games, but since they were playing Wake and you know Hartman was playing in that game I thought I'd check it out right and he threw so many deep balls in that bowl game against Mizzou it was unreal and I thought wow this is amazing and so you know long story short he came to Notre Dame and what we saw Saturday was a little glimpse of what was in that bowl game he threw some deep balls in that in that blue gold game, and it was beautiful to watch because that's something that we haven't seen in a very long time. You know, and he's he was hitting his receivers on point in the numbers is a beautiful thing to watch. So I'm very excited with the QB play coming up in this next season. And you're referring to the bowl game, right? Gasparilla bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so Wake yeah, Forest Wake, wins Wake twenty-seven to seventeen, and uh, yeah, we we have a victory for Sam Hartman. Uh, he ends up putting two hundred and eighty yards and three touchdowns. So, yeah, I was just amazed by watching that. How many deep balls he threw in that game? It was like it was almost every other pass he was throwing beyond fifteen yards. It was just insane, and. You know, he didn't connect with every single one of them. But granted, Wake Forest doesn't have the best receiving core either. So imagine what he can do at Notre Dame with this young receiver core thrown deep in our stadium. So it's very exciting. Well, and I, I think what's kind of kind of weird about that bowl draw, you know, I mean, it a lot of it kind of pans out to how 
you know, Wake Forest was in the ACC versus, you know, Missouri in the SEC, right? You know, it's kind of like this ranked team versus this ranked team and that you go to, to get this bowl piece. But Missouri ended up finishing with a losing record of six and seven. They were that was a six and six football right. team that Wake Forest played against, right? And and Wake Forest, I think, was clearly the better team. Uh, even go- before going in, you know, um, so I, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that to like downplay the opponent of Wake Forest and who Sam Hart. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I actually think it would have been better for Wake Forest that they had gotten a stronger bowl or a stronger opponent. You know, I mean, yeah, OK, it's Missouri and the SEC, but, you know, they were not having a good year, you know, and like like, you know, years in the past, uh, which kind of breaks my heart because i kind of wish mizzou was doing better but yeah um no you're right you know seeing hartman uh and this is something that you've kind of teed me up here for this you know i went back because hartman has been around for so many years and this is his sixth year playing football and his second year playing he he redshirted so he redshirted his sophomore year so i don't know exactly how that works um and then you throw in the covid year so this is Per a calendar, he he was a true freshman in 2018 playing and starting, and then he'll play now a sixth year this year for Notre Dame. Um, in 2018, he actually did face Notre Dame. And if you recall and go back in the archives there, that was the first game that Kelly had the courage to pull uh, Wimbush and start Ian Book. So a lot of the kind of like if you go back to 2018, that was what was going on with Notre Dame, where we were having this quarterback swap and and Kelly kind of quite frankly looked like a genius by doing this because the the numbers and the, the statistics of Book, you know, three, four games in of him being the starter looks significantly better versus uh, versus Wimbush. But anyway, in that first game versus Notre Dame, Hartman in 2018, yes, he's a true freshman, but um, yes, Wake Forest lost 56 to 27, so go Irish. But he uh, was 12 of 24, so not very great. Zero passing touchdowns and and uh, 110 yards, but zero interceptions. So nothing too impressive for for Sam Hartman his first uh, outlook versus the Irish. And then you know, fast forward to the present, you know, and he is you have a significantly different individual who has, uh, you know, got the gold helmet on his head now. And it just looks like are arguably on paper, the best quarterback we've seen in probably 10 years. Well, we it's lost... going to be awesome. To see. It's going to be awesome to see. It is. it is. Well, we lost Mark for a second there. I don't know what happened here. Uh, Jason Yeager, Jimmy, I see you, but, uh, Jason's been waiting a little longer. We'll jump over to Jason Yeager, J Yeager nine on the Twitter. You're listening. If you'd like to speak, you can speak. If you want to just listen, cause you got the kids and you're babysitting. That's cool too. No big deal. Um, here's another thing I wanted to look at. Um, since you don't have any Cincinnati fans here trolling us, I don't, I don't have to talk shit about them or, you know, deal with them talking shit about us, but they're, they have no courage. Um, but unless Adam's there, you know, I'll be quiet. Hello, Jason Yeager. Are you there? We are here. We All are right. Here. There we go. Loud and clear. It, 
good to hear your voice again. Yeah, um, that's right. We missed you at the tailgate. Yeah, we uh we stayed back. We had soccer, so what? couldn't go. The other football. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so um, I did watch most of the game through Peacock, so I did get to see all of um all of the first half and part of the second. So it was a it was a good it was fun watching it, seeing them running around and actually throwing the ball downfield and as soon as the game was over, literally talking to my dad said, Well Buckner's gone and oh, wow. soon after <laughs> because he did not look he looked lost sometimes, but are you disappointed that he didn't look better and that it wasn't more even? Yeah, oh, 100%. Because of them saying he's how well he looked at practice. Yeah, yeah. We talked about um, practice. The um, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, like, I was not surprised that Hartman went down in his first series and scores. And then right after that, you know, the blue team comes out, Buckner comes out, and I turn to the doc, you know, I'm holding the baby, and I'm like, okay, Buckner's here. I, I want to see us score again, and I want it, to, want it to be this offensive battle. Like, this would be a completely different complexion of this show and then just kind of the overall, you know, mood of the team. It's like, well, look at this embarrassment of riches we have. We have these two great quarterbacks that are duking it out, and it's, it's you know, kind of a virtual fist fight, you know, on the on the playing field, and the receivers are looking good, and that, and that did not happen. We did not have that at all. There was one clear victor and one person who, quite frankly, you could even argue on paper statistically should be the third string quarterback from a pure passing, you know, efficiency standpoint versus Angeli and Buckner. You could argue that. I'm not saying that's that's fact, but if Buckner's departing and wishes to transfer to potentially to Alabama, who knows? <laughs> Saw that well, rumor on the way. Color commentary was saying that the primary job of a quarterback is to distribute the ball to their playmakers. And he was saying Hartman has done that extremely well. And almost implying that Buckner had not. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, I agree. Um, receivers look good. Linebackers look too young and fast. I heard somebody say that just a second ago. Um, I'm excited for the season, and it's kind of weird seeing a quarterback throw downfield. It's been a few <laughs> years since we've seen that. So, um, Jason, I'll ask you really the same question. I'll ask you the same question I asked the other guys. Between Hartman, Clawson, and Kaiser, who do you think is going to be the best? Ooh. <laughs> Need your um, reaction. Go. Clawson still the best, yeah. but he had Clawson. he had the receivers that just yeah he 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 had the receivers yeah yeah I gotta do I it out I, on that question. What you went on mute? I don't know what happened to you, and you changed your yeah, Twitter handle. Know. You threw me off. So my phone doesn't like me talking on here, so it always cuts out. But that's a hard question to answer because you only get one year of Hartman. The other right. guys you had two or three right well and did you really i mean like like kaiser like i guess we had kind of like two and two-thirds of a year i guess with him or two and three quarters uh, you know uh, okay the the number it's probably like you know it's basically two years with kaiser 
but you can't really count his second year because we were so god awful in 2016 and that was the the seed that was planted and given a bunch of you know nitrogen and fertilizer that eventually grew to this desire to start looking for a replacement coach which led to me creating spreadsheets which led to me doing more data to listening to other podcasts which led to well it didn't lead to covid you know <laughs> but during covid i started this podcast so it's like so i i will say this the 2016 season though terrible and i will never forgive kelly for the complete dumpster fire we had to witness that year in his seventh year of coaching he had everything in front of him and we had to witness that shit show okay and then he had this amazing talent who people on the radio were literally picking to be the number one effing pick in the draft which is relevant to tomorrow right because tomorrow's a draft but kaiser was going to be the one the number one pick in the draft potentially and he gets squandered by kelly you know just Ugh, it was just so terrible. And where am I going with this? The point I'm making is you really can't count the second year of Kaiser. You really can't because it was so bad. And we went four and eight. And Kaiser like basically finished with a a, a 0.5, you know, a, a 500, you know, win, win, you know, career for someone who arguably had had amazing talent. And And, and that just sucks for Kaiser. Hey, I'm on the Hartman train. I, I think we are going to be elated to see how this develops over the year. And you've got all of this youth. You've got a great running game. You've got an offensive line that should be powerful this year. I think we just need the driver. And I think we found him. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I do have I have a question from the guys that went to the game. Did Great House look giant to everybody else, or was it just on TV <laughs> when it came to like bulk? It depends. What size is your TV? <laughs> <laughs> it, I was watching on an iPad most of the time because oh, I was out on the oh, so. <laughs> an iPad. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. that's true. Pretty... It... <laughs> I would say just on TV. I would say just on TV. He didn't look like any different. Okay, because really to me. He seemed to he be more built like a line or a tight end than he did a wide receiver. He, he did look good. He did. And we'll see how much he bulks up. But yeah, for a freshman, I think maybe it was just the perception of yeah. what he thought he was supposed to look like. How quick and, and fast is he? You know, like. He yeah. looks like more of a like a possession guy more than a speed guy. I mean, is he like a Michael That's Floyd, what I thought too. you know, like. If you if, if you yeah. took Michael Floyd and I don't know who who um what more bulk Golden Marja. Tate Golden Tate was one of my favorite receivers or let me rewind that Golden Tate was one of my favorite players ever you know like he was so good he basically caught touchdown passes as a spectator okay uh if you took like the skill sets of Golden Tate and Michael Floyd and put them together, would you have this new freshman? I hope so. I, hope so. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think he's quite that. I I think he's a I good want player, him to be. but he doesn't have the speed of either of those guys. Damn it! Yeah, 
he looked he looked more like a tight end type, like a Maurice Stovall kind of guy. Well, hold on. here's uh, let me ask you this: uh, Who do you think is bigger, Ben Skoronek or Jaden Greathouse? Probably Skoronek. Well, Greathouse is six two two twenty. Skoronek six three two twenty four. Look who's bringing the stats. Okay. Uh, and I only know this because thank you to my seven year old father, who looked. <laughs> He was watching the game, asking the same questions we're asking right now, and he went back and looked based on size. Who's he comparable to? And the answer is Ben Skoranek. Wait, is he using what? is he is he using the Skoranek metrics from his grad transfer year at Notre Dame? Yes, it, I'm just making the, sure he's not using yeah. like the Rams or whatever. You yeah. know, he's he's built like Skoranek, and I would not have guessed that. I would have said. Uh, great house is shorter and thicker and he he is shorter by an inch but they're basically the same size they're the same build which it didn't look like that on the field did what it? was skoranek his freshman year at northwestern I, I that i don't know challenge red snapper knows what i'm saying when i say that's that. what i'm but, saying but, guys, like, he's probably more of a possession guy than he is anything else that's okay but he, and if we have a good slot besides a speedster like Tyree, you're going to be able to mix it up in trips. Yeah. Yeah. We've got uh, deep threats. We've got possession guys. We've got slot guys. The best about somebody that's the size of Great House is he's not going to be afraid to go over that middle. No. No. Well, Jimmy Gallagher is on listening. He said he's power washing his yard, or I don't know what what the deal is. I'm I'm actually hoping that Mrs. Gallagher steals his phone and just jumps on the podcast because that would be the <laughs> ultimate B slap to him. Um, but at the same time, um, we should move on here. Uh, there there is a statistical piece I would like to to discuss. Now we oh, J- Mrs. Gallagher is she requesting to speak? What's going on here? Hey, Joe, Yo. um, I I have to jump off in like five minutes, but I, I know. I, Priority. I, I want to ask you guys this one question. Hi, I, I don't want to derail where you're what? going. But five foot nothing. Hold on. We have we have a special oh. announcement here. Oh. Hi, this is Mrs. Gallagher. <laughs> nice. Oh. <laughs> I've taken his phone. <laughs> Not a. Welcome to the Fighting yeah. Irish Faithful Show live, Mrs. Gallagher. Important question. What jersey number do you really want? What? What jersey number do you want? My favorite number is six. That that's it. That, that that that's a good yep, answer. That's, that's good that. enough. <laughs> she's she's coming live to you guys while changing a diaper at the same time. So jeez, uh, uh... TMI guys. Multitasking. Love it. That's how we roll in, in, in Oregon. All right, guys. Well, I'm done pressure washing. I'm glad to jump on here for a minute. To change a diaper. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> Coming into the conversation late, but, man, there's some big things happening, huh? Well, uh, I like before you jumped on, Jimmy, I was uh, making my exit. But I'm going to leave you guys with a question that you can't answer. That's the beauty of it. So I'm going to ask a question. and Challenge you accepted. Well, there will be no discussion, and you can move on to what you were going to do, Joe. Uh, so we're all up in arms about Kali and Styles and Buckner leaving. Oh, no, what are we doing? Let me ask you this. In the last three, four, five years, please tell me 
the one Notre Dame transfer out that we sat back and said, man, I wish we had that guy. We were jealous of what he accomplished elsewhere. FYI, fun fact, Jordan Johnson still has yet to catch a football in college game. Yep. So. Yep. But, hey, thank you again, Joe. I, I didn't get out tonight. I'll listen to, to the rest of it tomorrow. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you, Five Foot Nothing Pod. Uh, appreciate your contribution to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show and now part of Dos Leprechauns Media. So, yes, we thank you very much for joining us uh, today. If you haven't uh, subscribed and listened to the Five Foot Nothing Pod, go back, check his stuff out. Uh, he brings... He, he's got a hybrid of numbers, stats, and data, plus uh, a little bit of East Coast uh, attitude. Ranting. I'll just put it ranting. Oh. Yes, I like to. <laughs> the best The best episode was where you were next to a trash can, and I don't know if it was Marshall or I think it was Stanford, and you were so pissed, you kept like moving the metal trash can, and I was dying laughing while driving listening to that. So it that just. They're often. It was so it was so great, and I think we're gonna really be enjoying anything from bingo references to, you know, gosh, just and, and furthermore, I, I have to say this. So, though I didn't see it, and it, I'm sure the weather was a factor here, Five at Nothing has been the pioneer of the uh, the jerseys that the crew is wearing. So if you don't know what we're talking about, jump on Twitter. You'll see a bunch of green Irish jerseys. They're baseball jerseys. They're in support of America's youth with baseball. Um, but you can get one yourself. Uh, pick your name, your number, or some you know catchy slogan like Go Irish or whatever you want. Reach out to the Five Foot Nothing Pod, and he'll hook you up. Just, uh, jerseys, five foot. That was Killer crazy number when you posted that. Yes, it's it's getting up there. Um, like I said, just Twitter, we're over 60. But if you include my actual baseball team and the parents, it's over 80 jerseys we've made. But and, oh and gosh, it, I'm, I'm, make, I'm making them at what I have to pay for them. So but I will yep. say this it, to to make it fun. If you can tell me someone legitimately with absolution that somebody's transferred out in the last like three years and we were jealous of what they've accomplished elsewhere. I will give you a Jersey. Fun fact. I'm not giving anybody. A All right. Challenge, challenge from five at nothing pot. If you can find a successful transfer away from Notre Dame, free, free gear awaits you kind of like, uh, kind of like recruits and, uh, and, uh, players. They get free under armor yeah. gear. Exactly. But yeah, if you really want one, though, at Five Foot Nothing Pod on Twitter, DM me. Always open. Thank you, Joe. You all have a good night. Five all for right. nothing. My pleasure. Uh, awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Jimmy was here. It looked like he had something to say, but if not, that's fine. We'll jump to someone else. No, I was going to jump in for a sec, if that's okay. Yeah, please, by all means. No, I was going to comment on uh, that last comment there by paul kim and i were talking about this the other day the, the transfer out thing and i just i'd posted a couple days ago the angeli thing kind of as a joke and i saw a discussion about the qb race right and the competition um spring game aside just we i think we all kind of saw the buckner thing not him transferring out but just a tough road right like senior season of high school covid 
comes in, he's got Cone, he's got injuries, and he's got Hartman. But the transferring out thing, I think Pauk's got a point there, but I really see that could change with either Collie or Buckner, depending on where they go. Sure, sure, sure. I think if Collie ends up at Vanderbilt with, you know, our former guy, Lee, he can make an impact. And Buckner, kind of by default, if he were to end up in Tuscaloosa, fingers crossed he doesn't. But we've seen mediocre quarterbacks at Alabama be very successful. So we'll see. No free jerseys as of yet, but we could see one of those two guys, I think, be really good. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point. You know, like, and, and the Buckner thing is still open. I think Styles and Collie are definitely gone. Um, you know, which I'm I'm disappointed mo- more about Prince Collie than than Styles, and I don't know what that says about me. You know, I I wanted more out of Styles last year, and we didn't get it. And he looked great in the Fiesta Bowl um, in 2021, and so and so I was I felt very underwhelmed last season. A uh, Collie, I think it's a function of like look, this, the talent around you is just really good and you need to step up uh, or just, you know, embrace reality. But I will also say this, like this is a good problem as a program where you have a great recruit like Prince Kali who now wants to transfer out. Like, like it's good and bad. Like it's bad because he's leaving and like, oh, there's a great recruit that's leaving. But it's good because that means he's being challenged and there's other great guys there, right? You know, so it's like, I don't want to say embarrassment of riches, but that, you know, because, because you know, we haven't played the season yet. But the point is, like, these are good problems to have. To turn it over to the Buckner situation, it's like you have a talented guy. He won, you know, the bowl game, you know, and, and we were, as I said before, we've been waving palm branches at him over his talents and what he could become there's no doubt that he could be this great quarterback for notre dame but we just haven't seen it and and in the the most recent event the spring game though it was kind of more of a a uh, uh, you know a blue and cold game you know is the kind of clever bit that i described in the last podcast Buckner, his numbers, you know, eight of 18 and 44 total yards and zero passing touchdowns. That's not going to get it done for a quarterback. It's not going to get it done. And and if we want Notre Dame to be elite, like if I, if I, let me put it another way. Like a lot of, a lot of what we do as Notre Dame fans is, is comparing, you know, internal within the family. And that's fine. You know, that's good because it's the off season, but the end of the day, come, come September and come the fall, when we're we're there's another team on the other side of the line of scrimmage there okay we're comparing ourselves to that team and then you know come sunday morning you know when we look at the ap and then eventually the college football playoff you know ranking system we're comparing notre dame to these other teams this is a reason why this show the fighting irish faithful show consistently compares notre dame to national champions because we want notre dame to be that level so if we then put those glasses on and we compare buckner to what national champions are doing it doesn't get it done and someone like hartman is definitely 
opening the door of possibilities to letting that happen. I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to go win a title, but at the same time, it's like one of these guys is going to be able to take us there, and I feel significantly more confident hitching the wagon to Hartman right now than I do to Buckner. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And just to touch base on the embarrassment of riches thing, I touched base on this a couple weeks ago, and I just I really feel like Notre Dame fans, like us as a whole, don't know how to handle what's happened the last year and a half. I've seen a lot of people like, we have three great prospects at this position. What if one leaves because of the other two? Like we're just not used to being in a situation where we're recruiting at this level and we have this much talent. Whereas the elite programs will bring in five-star, four-star guys and be four deep and not worry about it. Whereas I saw a lot of Notre Dame fans like, worried. Like, 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 look at Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, when he was back at USC, like they go live in practice. And he's like, I don't give a shit if you get hurt in practice because I got two other guys behind you. Right? Like, right. I'm not saying we need to do that, you know, but like that that was the level of talent that USC had. Now, Grant, there was probably some other shit going on in the background that you know, people want to keep hidden. But the point is, um, you're not wrong, Jimmy, when you talk about the depth of these other elite programs, you know, Georgia, Alabama, you know, gosh, USC of yore, you know, um, I I hate to say it, but Michigan is on on the rise. You know, I don't like saying that. And I have to kind of, you know, you know, prevent the gag reflex when I say that, but Michigan is doing better. Um, you know, overall, you know, they're, they're on the uptick, right? Yeah. No, you want to do what the great programs do. And I think we're on that road. We've got some, some way to travel, but it was just, it was an interesting scenario to see Andy, like Notre Dame fans be like, wow, we have so much depth here and there. What if someone leaves because of that? Whereas no other programs I saw really doing that. And it, cause it was new to us. And if this is going to be the lay of the land, we have to be okay with position competitions and people, and at, you know, the best guy. And playing. at the end of the day, the reason why they're leaving is because we haven't won a championship yet. You right. win a championship, you annually fight for that championship. When we have three, four deep and no one's leaving, it's because we're winning and we're putting ourselves in the scenario to win the championship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, one thing that I've I've done, I always do it in the off season. I do some research and I listen to old podcasts and whatnot. And um, a theme that has come up recently is what is quote unquote transcendent quarterback play. And I want people to think about that for a second because Hartman, though though he's not look, he came from Wake Forest, right? It's a it's a kind of a middle of the road, kind of like upper third, upper three quarters of the ACC. You know, I think I think without Hartman, you know, Wake Forest would still be kind of middle of the pack, lower of the pack in the ACC. Um, I think of them more of a basketball school personally. But the point is Hartman, I think individually and what he has done statistically, which we'll go through here in a few seconds, he has taken that program to a new level with his level of productivity. And for him to come to Notre Dame with the number of touchdown passes he threw last season, etc., cetera, um, this is the transcendent quarterback play that can take your program from, from good to great. And if I then 
take that same perspective it, like forget Notre Dame let's just 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 compare the individuals right you got the the who are the elite quarterbacks that are not going to be in the you know potentially getting their names read tomorrow at the draft right you know you got you know Stroud's gone Bryce Young's gone etc right you know some of these other NFL savvy people can can you know drop some other names here but who's who's left? Who did not declare for the NFL draft? Who's coming back next year to play for their respective school? Okay, you've got the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, out of USC. Okay, that that piece of shit. Then you've got uh, what's his face out of out of uh, Washington, who's who's really good. Uh, I forget his name, but but he's really good in his numbers. So forgive me, I'm not prepared, but I just know Washington, good quarterback. Okay, um, Thompson Robinson is gone from UCLA you know, after all these years, right? And then who's left? The only one left is Hartman, and he's at Notre Dame now. So of those three men who are in college football, they will be the talk of the town, per se, of of good quarterbacks that are around to make a splash. And you need good quarterback play to win a title, all right? Unless you have transcendent defensive play like 2015 Alabama and you have Jake Coker who no one's ever heard of and no one will ever remember and they only know about him because I talk about him because he was a quarterback of Alabama in 2015. That's not the situation. Okay? So going forward, we have potential for transcendent quarterback play that Hartman can bring. And when you look at at the spring game in that light and you look at what he did with kind of the 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 fragmented offense quite frankly that he had with not even all of the offensive not all of the ones on the offensive line not all of the ones in the receiving core you know and and even against some of the ones on the defense you know i.e you know um morrison uh, morrison thank you all right ben morrison those those are the situations that you have in front of us and i feel blessed and i am really excited and that i would be a fool to say if that was not a country i i kind of got impulsed by right because we didn't talk about this yet the shirt the new shirt it's green i'm physically wearing it right now uh, yes, I bought the shirt and it, and part of me was kind of like, eh, don't know if I want to buy it this year. And then I kind of got peer pressured into the doc because I didn't think she wanted it. So yes, our fa- whole family got the shirt. And so I bought the shirt and part of me is kind of like, look, I've been following Notre Dame ever since I was a little kid. I'm paying more attention to it now as an adult who can legally drink booze and who's got a career and all these other things going on and doing this podcast. And it's like, look, this is the first time certainly doing this podcast that we have transcendent quarterback play, but probably arguably the first time since Kaiser and the Clawson situation. You know, I kind of say that as a kind of a funny joke to our, to our contributors tonight of who's, who's going to be the best quarterback, but, but that is done with purpose. Because we're looking for transcendent quarterback play. And how many of these transcendent quarterbacks who have won titles and or Heismans, and I'm not I'm not saying Hartman's gonna win the Heisman. That's not what I'm saying. But look at the like like Joe Burrow started at Ohio State, finishes at LSU, right? Gene Chizik, eh, he's kind of an okay coach, right? Eh, I don't know. Then you've got uh Cam Newton, starts at Florida, ends up going to Auburn. 
Gene Shizik is not a good good coach, right? <laughs> Over at Auburn. Okay, and and he wins in the Heisman and, and title, right? So I'm just saying that that good talent when it transfers, good things can happen. Okay. So I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying it could happen. Right. And, and certainly no one here listening to this and no Notre Dame fan would be, you know, crying. If that, that was the situation, we'd be crying tears of joy because we won the title or Heisman or what have you. Right. So this is the situation we're in now as Notre Dame fans with Sam Hartman. And if I'm Sam Harton to take my game to the next level, I'm going to a school that's got an offensive line at the next level. You know, and that's an interesting point because he stands now gone. And now we have, you know, kind of a kind of a new new identity, new new dichotomy at the offensive line. Um and and that's interesting that he's saying only stayed for the one year and now, you know, next year, you know, he's not there anymore. So But no, you're you're 100 right. You know the the level of talent um, that Sam Hartman had around him at Wake Forest versus what it is now at Notre Dame is night and day. There's no question about it. It's night and day. Well, Mark, Jason, if you guys uh, want to say anything, uh, I was going to do a little Cincinnati bashing, and then I wanted to finish with some uh, some Hartman talk here. I do have a question. Um, were, were you guys at Blue Gold? I was there, uh, and oh, we didn't we didn't do this yet. So the okay. Twitter shout out. Uh, so I was there with Baby Irish Faithful and uh, Dom Richard. He he's been a, a he's a friend in real life and a friend of the show. He's been actually in studio a couple times. I don't think as many times as Red Snapper, but um, we'll have to go back in the archives and see who's winning on that score. I think Red Snapper still takes the lead, but. Um, uh, yes, Dom Richard was there, uh, Baby Irish Faithful, we were there, and, uh, yeah, froze our butts off, but we did, uh, we how had a did, good time. How did the, how did the kicking game look? Were they out there kicking on the field, um, intermittently, or what were they doing? Like, I'm trying to gauge what our range is for the field goal unit. Th- that's a good question. Um, as far as I know, I think there was only one field goal attempted, and it was good, and it was by the yeah, goal team. Yeah, but sometimes team. they're out there practicing in between periods and whatnot, and they weren't. Were they doing that at all? Were they practicing any kicks? I'll be very honest with you. I was not looking at that in the uh, halftime period or whatnot. So yeah, yeah, when when we showed up uh, before the spring game kicked off. Um, uh, none of the players were on the field. They were in the locker room and they were kind of doing highlights on the jumbotron. And, um, when we walked into the tunnel, um, to go find a seat, they were actually starting the, um, uh, star spangled banner. So we, we paused and, and, you know, you know, did our salute to our, to our nation. But, um, but to, to answer your question regarding kicking, you know, that's a very, very good question that I don't know the answer to. Because honestly, A, I wasn't looking for it, and B, I didn't see it at all, which maybe is a good thing because then it's like, well, we're not kicking a bunch of field goals. We're actually just, you know, going ahead and scoring, a lot of extra scoring touchdowns. Yeah, there were three extra points, one field goal in the uh, spring game. 
And honestly, I hope that trend continues. Well, and, and, and if you also take special teams, uh, we didn't do kickoffs, right? That was not part of the thing. But the um, like the punts, the punts didn't look bad. Like I none of the punts were were crappy. In fact, I think one or two of them I thought actually looked really, really good. Um, as far as like like zooming the ball downfield, so like I didn't see anyone shank one out of bounds or whatever. So, um, so, so I can't I can't answer your question, Mark. Um, honestly, with with integrity here per se, it's it's more of a question. I just don't think we have enough data to make that assessment right, right now. Yeah, I was just wondering if you guys actually saw him down there on the field or practicing or whatnot but you know that's a very that's a that's a big question mark in my mind is that because special teams is going to come up big in those three big ones against Ohio State Clemson and USC so we're going to need a solid field goal kicker to you know potentially push us over the edge in those three games yeah I was I was actually thinking of those three games earlier today and about the significance and the impact of them how how um, two of them are at home and the, that Clemson game is away. And gosh, if I could get a, a, a tickets to that away game uh, at Clemson, phew, man, we'll, we'll have to see what, what the lottery does to me when, uh, uh, when that comes out later in the summer for, for myself. But uh, now you're, I, I think that's, a, that's a question we're going to have to ask. Uh, it'll stay out there in the ether and we will, uh, we'll have to, we'll, is it a, is it a freshman kicker? What, I don't know who it is. Uh, honestly, I, I cannot answer that right now. Um, believe it or not, you know, the, the information before me right now does not have that. Um, I just don't think we have enough data to make this conclusion at this point. Because, I mean, let's face it, it's a practice, right? You know, and, and, you know, when you get like there's there's one thing about kicking field goals, you know, in the spring game versus kicking field goals in an actual game. Right. So, so, you know, I hate to say like, well, wait when Ohio State's it in South Bend, but it may take that, right? Because look, look at who all of our opponents are before Ohio State. I will say this yeah. with confidence. If we are not undefeated going into that Ohio State game, I'm not going to be happy. We better be undefeated going into that game. I agree. Yeah, especially with what we got coming in. Oh yeah, and with the quarterback, we've just been you know, you know, being given praise to. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Well, Cincinnati fans, uh, if we need to, we need to change gears here. So, um, I was talking smack on Twitter. If anyone saw at faithful underscore Irish, to some Cincinnati fans, some of them are talking their talking trash and running their mouths about the sparse stadium uh population during a a fucking snowstorm in south bend in april um so (laughs) so of course it's not going to be very crowded Uh, it wasn't snowing but there was i there was sleet coming down it was awful um it was it was not a pleasant weather experience you would not sane people would not be outside um what does that say about notre dame fans we're passionate um, but yeah, so these, these jokers, I have to give some crap to Cincinnati. A, we stole your coach, your, your defensive coordinator, 
your head coach, Luke Fickle, took a better job at Wisconsin. We took your quarterback coach, who's now our quarterback coach, and since we have played each other, though you have more wins, two more wins, and a better win percentage by two percentage points, your average opponent since we played each other in 2021, your average opponent's end-of-the-year ranking in Sagarin is 80th, okay? You've got teams at 178, 129, 124, 166, right? Yeah, you played Alabama and got your your shit pushed in. Okay, fine, but who doesn't, right? Notre Dame's, you know, done that twice. Well, 2020 wasn't as bad as 2012, but I digress. Notre Dame, so so an average average ranking of your opponent Cincinnati since we played each other was 80th in Sagarin. Notre Dame average is 63rd. Okay, so we're clearly playing better competition. So I would hope you would have a better winning percentage. Oh, and by the way, the end of the year Sagarin ranking for Notre Dame last year was 17, right? We won our bowl game. We didn't lose to fucking Louisville in the Fenway Bowl and finish the year 48th in Sagarin. So take that, you know, Joker Cincinnati fans who are trying to claim that you're such a great program and Notre Dame is trash. All right. False. All right. Here's some facts. I'm slapping you in the face. All right. I had to do that. None of them jumped on. I was I was ready to go. I even had the maker's mark here. You know, it was going to happen. <laughs> All right. Here's the last thing I want to talk about. Sam Hartman. So we got this guy and did a ton of research today. <clears throat> I looked at Sam Hartman's numbers and what I want to focus in on his are his last two years, because though he's on per calendar played five seasons, but really his second year was just four games. So he was afforded the red shirt. Um, and then you got the 2020 COVID year and then he gets, it, gets an extra year, right? Hence why he's with us and not trying to go to the draft or whatever. 2021, 2022 are really good. Now, what I will say is there are statistics that Sam Hartman does well, but there's also some things that he should improve on and we would like to see going into 2023, not only A, to help our team, Notre Dame, win, and his team, quite frankly, because he is now you know, the quarterback of our team, um, but also for, for his future, you know, if he, if he has NFL aspirations. First off, yardage. In 2021, Hartman threw 4,228 yards. Holy shit. Last year, 2022, 3,701 yards. The national champion averages 3,500 yards. He is better than both in both of those years than the national champion average. Yards per completion, national champions, quarterbacks, are 13.7. Hartman, last two seasons, were 14.1 and 13.7, respectively. So every yard, every pass he th- he throws, that's a completion, more yards over or tied with a national champion average. He threw 38, yard, 38 touchdowns last year and 39 the year before. The Natty, 32. 
attempts per touchdown. So how many attempts does he throw before a touchdown is is made? A passing touchdown. So last year was the best for Sam Hartman, 11.3, better than national champions of 12.7. And we got this guy. Touchdowns per game, 3.2 last year versus 2.3 of the national champion average over the last X years. Amazing. So so you read those things and you feel really good, Notre Dame fans, that we have a really good quarterback that's performing at a really high level. Now, here's the thing. There are certain characteristics and statistics that Hartman needs to improve on. One, completion percentage, right? He was 63% percentage last year. Pretty good, but it's it needs to be better. 67 and a half is the average of national champion quarterbacks. Interceptions, he's throwing too many. So his efficiency, not only from completion percentage, but also not throwing interceptions, needs to be better. Okay. National champions is 6.8. Last year he did 12 interceptions. And interceptions per game, it needs to be about 0.5 or one one for two, one interception for every two games. He's basically one for one right now. So those those are the things that that make you a little concerned about Hartman, but at the same time with some of these other things, it's like, hey, take what you can get, right? And maybe it's a function of receivers or some of these other things. Okay, fine. But here's the best thing I can take away from this. If we just look at, you know, his rating, you know, his quarterback rating, which, you know, I'm not too savvy with how ESPN figures this stuff out because for me, it's just a number and a higher number is better. That's all I know. Sam Hartman's quarterback rating has increased and gotten better every single year. 125, 138, 138.7, 148, and 159. National champion averages 169, if anyone cares. So this is a guy who didn't have some breakout great season in the middle of his career or two years ago. No, this is a guy that's showing progression and improvement year in, year out. Now we've brought him to Notre Dame, a team with better resources, better spotlight, arguably better talent, better line, better coaching, better facilities, better fans, better podcasts. Wink, wink, nod, nod. This is the situation that he is now in. Will he step up to the plate? I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Now, one final thing to drive a nail into the coffin here. The comparison of Hartman versus Buckner. I went through and looked at 24-7 sports, because that's where I go for my... my, uh, recruiting data i went back and i found hartman's profile from 2018 and i compared him to buckner and the results are a little surprising but at the same time not so much so let's start with buckner buckner was a four star 24 7 sports gave him a score of 0.9684 he was the 71st rated recruit in the country in his year and the 11th rated quarterback of his position. 
You compare that to Hartman in 2018, he was a three-star quarterback, a score of .8626, so less. And per his position in his year was 32nd. If I look at Hartman from a national perspective, he was nationally ranked as the 700th and 67th, 767, it's a jumbo jet, ranking of player recruit in 2018 versus Buckner's 71, which really surprised me. It's an order of magnitude worse than Buckner. But if you looked at the spring game, it doesn't. It looks like that should be flipped. So this is not not an attempt to to dog recruiting or dog twenty four seven. That's not what the point is, right? You know, people are allowed to grow. Hey, hey, American dream. You know, right? you put in the hard work. You're right. You 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 get out what you put in, right? And and sometimes you have to have, you know, fortune must also befall you at the same time, right? But if you look at Hartman and you look at how he was rated as a recruit, holy crap, it doesn't even look like he would even fit on the map. And actually kind of looks like, yeah, it makes sense. You went to Wake Forest, right? And now he's transferring Notre Dame and are like, oh, please, God, can we get Hartman? Yeah. So that really jumped off the page for me for comparing his his national rank of seven in the 700s. It's closer to 800, actually. Versus Buckner was under 100 at 71. To me, that's a dig at Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's that's Tommy Reese developing Tyler Buckner and yeah. not progressing him. Well, I, th- I think it's both of them, right? Like, you know, how many quarterbacks actually progressed and increased and improved under under kelly you know um i was excited for 2020 yeah like if you looked at ian book in 2020 it looked like he showed regression in his third year as a starter basically they Um, all did yeah you know and kaiser 2016 you know similar situation you know same song different verse right um golson 2014 gosh it was a fucking head case right you know and i feel bad for the guy and and i would absolutely love to have everett golson malik Zaire, any of these guys on the show right so i don't want to talk yeah. smack and and show disrespect keep going back keep going back kelly started with dane chris at five star oh my gosh and well and, and out. well and and if you, you on paper he was really good and he was a wise recruit right you know but yeah i i think the the thing with Dan Chris is I don't think that was necessarily a Kelly problem. I think that was just like he just always looked like he was peeing down his leg and freaking out back there, right? And then you had Tommy come in who was much more cool, calm, and collect, and just you know had had the had the courage to basically tell Kelly like shut up, I got this, like and, and it would basically argue with him on the sideline, so. <laughs> <laughs> which is something I really appreciate about it, Coach Reese. And so so I'm actually kind of curious of, of what's going to happen between, you know, Reese and Saban in, at Alabama this year. You know, I'll probably be, you know, some sort of meme of Michael Jackson eating popcorn, right, <laughs> watching that situation un, un, unfoil.
Well, Red Snapper's very quiet. He's, I think, an awestruck with the uh, the Hartman versus Buckner situation. No, I'm just enjoying listening. <laughs> Those are interesting comparisons. I, I thought it was interesting about the the twenty four seven piece, but but the you, you can't. And I said this at the end of last season when we got Hartman. It's like this dude puts up an insane number of yardage, an insane number of passing touchdowns, and in some respects was even better than Caleb Williams of USC in some of these categories. Go back to to last season if you want to hear that information. Notre Dame fans, you are blessed to have Sam Hartman. Be very thankful. Be very grateful. This is this is a good thing. Um, you know, be 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 humble with this information. Um, but at the same time, it's like you know, don't don't be shy about it either. It, you know, like like you don't have to be an a- asshole. But at the same time, like yeah, this is this is really good stuff to have a quarterback like this. He's putting up 38 touchdowns every, you know, you know, basically the last two years. And what's the second most important stat, Red Snapper? Passing touchdowns. It's passing touchdowns. Now, the 10-year average of the national champion, they throw up 41 passing touchdowns on average for the last 10 years. But with a better team, with, with arguably better talent, and you know going to the playoffs and and this is this is also a function of you know just your season being longer right you know so it'd be interesting if i i kind of normalize these like per game right you know i i don't do that you know because you know then the then the spreadsheet is even bigger than it what it currently is regardless notre dame feel good about this feel good about the spring game right we we learned a lot you know, the, the spring game itself was kind of shitty with the weather <laughs> for those of us that were there. We had fun. Uh, the Twitter shout out does go to Biff underscore 13, Brandon and Irish JTL. Jason, our, our, our Viking who chugs Crown Royal normally. Um, Brandon and Jason did stop by the tailgate. You know, I had met Brandon before and Jason finally met him in person. Uh, really great meeting you guys um good guys check them out on twitter at biff underscore 13 and irish jtl uh they are the twitter shout out of the night um clearly the toast of the night is to sam hartman he he clearly is welcome with open arms and everyone in the notre dame family is welcome with open arms you know i don't care if you're the starting quarterback or if you're marty hour or if you're a walk-on anyone who is part of this program or even the casual fan, anyone from, you know, Martin who came over from, you know, the Czech Republic, or if you're some local dude in South Bend or, you know, some other person who we never met, but, you know, made the pilgrimage to South Bend because you love Notre Dame, whatever, right? Notre Dame fans is special. And, and there's so many avenues for people to be Notre Dame fans, but this spring game, really, I think, provided some optimism for this season. Look, it's Marcus Freeman's second year. Um, you know, you know, if we look, if we look at coach it, you know, this is really, you know, going down the road, but why not? It's late in the show and it's 1130 at night. Look, the standard deviation for coaches who win 
their title is uh, on average, you know, they they win in their fourth year three three point nine with a standard de- deviation of two point three. So the best for for Coach Freeman is this year, you know, one point five two two seasons in winning a title. I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to win a title. I'm just saying that's what the math is for good coaches, right, over the last X years, right, who win their first title with said program, how many years they've been with the program, right? Now, Coach Freeman, that would be amazing because this is only his second year coaching college football as a head coach, right? Um, So a lot of good things would have to happen. But one of those things could be transcendent quarterback play from Sam Hartman. You never know. You never know. We will find out. I'm very excited. I look at it as we've got all of the pieces moving in the right direction. You know, Jimmy brought it up earlier that, you know, to have three, four deep and people are transferring out. Now we just got to win. And once we get the win, then people are going to be three, four deep and not leave. So the recruiting has been absolutely a great win. And until we actually win that championship, start getting to the bowl games, you know, and, and really start having that consistent, continuous, victorious season after season after season, then you're going to see that talent, that recruiting stick and stay. And that's the next level. And that's ultimately what I want to see in year two for coach Freeman. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one thing I want to leave people with also is uh, a level of progression. You know, we, we, we came, you know, to the peak of the mountain here talking about titles and, and what the numbers say for coaches who win their first title. Um, I want to bring people back to Kirby smart, Kirby smart. Yes. He just won titles back to back, right? 2021, 2022 at at uh, Georgia, but it took him a few years to get there, right? Um, I believe 2017 was his first year as the head coach. Um, no, no, 2016. Um, Kirby Smart, prior to winning his first title in 2021, he won BCS games in the previous years, in the two previous years. And of course, obviously, you know, he, he had lost the, uh, um, you know, lost the championship game in 2020 to Alabama, right? Um, but he had won New Year's Six style bowls. He won a Peach Bowl in 2020, and he won a Sugar Bowl in 2019, right? So, so there's some level of progression that maybe we need as a program, and quite frankly. Notre Dame as a program hasn't won a major bowl, Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Cotton, Sugar, Orange, Peach, whatever, since the 1993 season. And that was the Cotton Bowl versus Texas A&M. Go back, look it up. All right. If Notre Dame is going to gonna eclipse and, and win a playoff game, or what, uh, that would be amazing because that would be like a quote-unquote New Year's Six. But I think the expectation this year needs to be on the focus of a new year six win one of these six bowl games you know get there and win it don't get there and shit the bed like what kelly did all right uh and that's not a knock against marcus freeman you know because there's there's all sorts of situations that play into this 
um, for, for us as a program with this quarterback and, and with what and, and the emotional high that we're on right now after the spring game with what we saw and the, the progression and the trajectory of the program. You know, I'm, I'm hoping for New Year's Six victory. We need to get that monkey off our back. These are things for us I'm, to think about I'm just, in the offseason. I'm just hoping that if we ever get in that situation, that guys don't decide to sit out of the game <laughs> in that New Year's Six game. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, absolutely. And, and I think the the argument from last year is that the the bowl game wasn't going to give us anything, and so that's why you saw them leave and, and yeah, sit do out. You think, so, do you think our high-profile players are going to play in a New Year's Six bowl game? If it means something, absolutely, 100%. I, I would hope so, and, and I mean, uh, maybe Red Snapper says that in jest because he knows my opinion about this. I'm actually very <laughs> – I will say this. I am very curious what happens tomorrow during the draft, and, and I will be the first to say – I want, you know, Mayor, you know, and any Notre Dame player who declared for the Fosky. draft. I want to, I want to see them. Fosky, go first round for sure. I would love for both of them to go in the first round. If they don't, I may bitch and complain on a podcast. I'm just gonna throw that out. Let me rephrase that. If they don't go in the first round, I will be an asshole here saying, why the hell did you not play in the bowl game? Well, Mayor is projected in... No, I know. I know what he's projected, but but when when the rubber meets the road, it's what the GM and the owner and the coach and, you know, know, someone's got a formula that's probably a little more complicated than my little spreadsheet here in Microsoft Excel that says, okay, this is what we're going to do for our, our football team, you know, because let's face it, every single NFL team is basically a mini corporation, right? That being said, um, I, I want them all to be successful professionally as athletes, uh, mayor, Foskey, whatever, go to the NFL, be successful, do great things, make a shitload of money. You, you should do that. You're a great talent. But if you don't, and that's not necessarily their fault, but maybe it kind of is. But as a Notre Dame fan, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, you could have helped us, you know, run up the score versus South Carolina. Like, we won the game anyway. So, like, does it really matter? I don't know. Like, that's another discussion. But my point is, it's like, don't leave early because you think you're going to help your draft stock if you don't get drafted in the first round, right? So, so I'm curious to see how this goes. Um, but at the same time, simultaneously, I want what's best for them. I, I genuinely do want that, you know. No, it's going to be fun. And it was great to see on the, uh, the Peacock televised uh, spring game that they had Hamilton there kind of as the sideline reporter and he was bouncing all over the place. And that was awesome to see, you know, and he, he's got to hear... work on, he's got to work on his fillers. He says, um, a lot. <laughs> I'm sure it, I do it's... too, but I'm also not live on Peacock, right? You know, we're doing a podcast yeah. at 11 40, 45 in the, in the, in the evening here on, uh, you know, powered by makers mark. Right. You know, so it's a completely different situation. 
So exactly. But it was great to see, you know, hearing that he was there pretty much for, you know, the, the entirety of the spring practices because oh, no fact, finishing up his degree and everything else. And, you know, so that was, it was a good piece to hear because again, it's that this is where these guys want to go. They want to go to the pros and here's somebody who got drafted first round yeah. and is still back at school finishing his degree well still and, and what's cool is, is it's really nice to see that peacock and nbc are actually you know bringing in you know former notre dame players guys that are pros or or you know if in kyle rudolph's situation someone who had a very long career you know in the nfl right you know grant he had some injuries here and there with the Bengals, but the point is you know, you, you've got these guys who are pros. They're professional football players. Um, and they're coming back to Notre Dame because, A, they love Notre Dame. That's what what's helped get them there. And, you know, they're they're having a kind of a reconnection with, with their roots. And, and that's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right. Well, we're we're gonna wind this down. Uh, Red Snapper, any anything, any final thoughts on the spring game about the crappy weather in Northern Indiana, to the Buckner transfer, to the uh, these other things about Hartman. I really enjoyed seeing the ball thrown twenty plus yards. <laughs> I look forward to seeing that a lot because part of what's going to ultimately turn this offense into a powerhouse is being able to stretch the field vertically. And in doing that, it's going to force defenses to play honest, which then just opens the door for estimate and digs to do their thing on the run game. So I think we're going to see a very balanced offense this year. And I, I honestly, I want to see that national title percentage of run to pass ratio yes passing touchdowns are the second most important five percent you cannot forget rtdb and you gotta have that that inside jab to go with that roundhouse so now and and between that roundhouse yeah and 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 you know if you look at what we have that's a proven you know producer on the team the last you know year or two you know it's digs and it's estimate in the backfield in the running backs, right? You know, and you take those two gentlemen plus Hartman. Holy shit. Sign me up, man. Sign me up. Yeah. I'm so excited. I don't want to make Reggie, you know, Bush, Lendo White and, um, you know, Matt Liner, you know, comparisons here. But I mean, fuck, it's kind of hard to not. No, the, absolutely. Thunder and Lightning that was, you know, Bush and White with Liner. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, those those guys those guys are really good, you know. And, you know, we, we say that because we're Notre Dame fans and because we always have one, one eye on our hated rival USC. And it's like, yeah, you know, like those teams were good, you know, like Bush push, you know, set aside. But fuck, they were good football teams, you know, and, and Pete Carroll was a good coach. You know, I hate that son of a bitch, but at the same time, like, <laughs> son of a bitch, like, they were good. And it's like, I hated playing USC those years, you know, and it was so great that Kelly finally, you know, you know, ended the streak and, and, and 
had a had a positive winning record versus USC, you know, and and honestly, as Notre Dame fans, that's something I'm looking forward to this year. It's like, hey, Marcus Freeman, you got a losing record right now against USC. You got to get back to 500. You got to beat got to beat them this year. You know, like like that doesn't and really matter in the grand scheme, but but we're at home. And they're home. Yeah, you got to beat them at home. You know, beat the defending Heisman Trophy winner, whatever, with his nail polish and all that bull crap. Um, yeah, like, like this, this is what you have to do. Um, two of, two of our hardest games this year are at home. The other one is at Clemson. Dead Valley. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be, it's going to be great. <sighs> Mark, anything else you want to say? Otherwise we're going to yeah, shut it down. There's no, hopefully there's no hurricanes in Clemson this year, <laughs> but no rainstorm. Yeah. No, I, I agree with Red Snapper there that um, this is really going to be a springboard season for us. This is our real first uh, shot at elitism with a real college football offense. Yeah, yeah. Transcendent quarterback play. I will say it again, and I will say it all season. Will we have transcendent quarterback play to take our program to the next level it certainly looked like that in the spring game practice will that be the case going forward one will find out thank you everyone for joining us on the fighting irish faithful show on the spring game post game uh edition of this uh gosh i don't know what we were going to call this but we, we had a good time Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, find us on Twitter at faithful underscore Irish, on Spotify, YouTube, all those places. You know where to find us. Come on. If you're listening to this in the podcast version, you already found us. Of course you did. Thank you very much. Have a great summer. We will go dark for now. Uh, we will come back in August unless some crazy news happens or if I feel like getting mouthy uh, after the NFL draft, we will do another show. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but you never know. We'll leave the mixer out for the next couple of days to see what happens. All right, bro, have a good one. Uh, stay tuned with the uh, surf report there out in California. Will do. All right, have a good one, everyone. And we will see you in August. Take care and good night. Throws the ball. It is caught. Reggie Brooks. Reggie Brooks got it for a two-pointer. And Notre Dame is out in front. 17-16. Lost the ball. The pass is spinning down. It's spinning down by Carroll. It's caught by Samaza. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Dawson throws. Open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown. Notre Dame. Out of the pack, 30, 35, goodbye baby, at the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, fire, fire, rocket, touchdown, Irish. Tyree, whoa, can he get there, Tyree at the 30, 20, 10, touchdown, Liberty. Woo, 98, big ones. Zibikowski looking for a block. Touch to the right to the 40. Gets a block. Gets to the 45, 50. Up to the 45, 40, 30. One man to beat. 20, 15, 10. He's down to the five. Touchdown, Irish.